All right, guys, before we start this episode, Croiler and I are going to do something different. Uh, we're going to, we're putting out the invitation to send a three to five minute video of yourself rolling. And we can't, we won't do every video we get, but we will pick uh, a couple of them and Croiler will walk through and give you tips on what you're doing right and wrong in that video. Now, keep in mind, he's going to make fun of you and say some mean things. I'm a very harsh instructor. Yeah, I mean, you hear how he is with people who ask questions uh, in their emails. <laughs> Imagine when he sees you rolling. He's going to be harsh, so just just plan on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm harsh to you guys, and you're. Yeah. I see you guys every day. <laughs> exactly. So he will be merciless, but hopefully you'll get a couple gems. And so send those to... You'd have a couple methods. You could either send it to us through an email, just jujitsupodcast at gmail at gmail com, or you could send it to us on Facebook. Uh, just Jujitsu Podcast is our Facebook page, and you could text it to Crowler. His number is two seven one five. No, I'm just joking. I can do you that. Pretty close there. Yeah, I got real close. <laughs> uh, so yeah, send those videos to us. Like I said, I. We may not get to do every single person's video, but if you thought, you know, I would love to see what Crowler thinks about my rolling, and and I've, I've just been too confident lately, <laughs> I really need to be knocked down a peg or two, then send your video in. Three. So, so with, with that, guys, like if you send me a 20-second clip, you're just going to get a lot of rough input because in 20 seconds, I don't understand. I, 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 I will be able to understand what is happening but I won't be able to understand how you're thinking about the situation. So make them, make them, you know, long enough. I also don't need a 45 minute video of you rolling. That tells me very little too. Is three to five a good enough window that, for that's, you? That's a good, that's a good amount of time. Yeah. What do you want them to wear? Should they be clothed or unclothed? If I have to explain that there's already problems. Okay. So that's up for interpretation guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not. So what we'll do is once we get uh, some videos and, and choose some, we will we'll do it on the podcast. And I don't know how we'll do it. We may just have to. We'll probably we have a YouTube channel. Nothing's up there, so don't look for it right now. Not yet. Uh, but we may put that video up there. So when sending it, you're giving us our permission to put your video on there, and people possibly just make fun of you. But hey, that's that's what this is. We'll put the video up there, and then maybe as we do it on the podcast, we'll we'll mention like, okay, we're at. 30 seconds here and we notice this the other thing we could try to do too is um with time as, as budget gets better we could look into <coughs> getting a camera and then play the video we don't have to do the whole podcast up because i don't know that i would want to do that but if you do like a screen in a screen yeah and then do you know for five or ten minutes as you break down the the the, the, the footage you know well, I know, because if we did it the whole podcast that way, you would have to put on a shirt and pants, and I would have to take this dress off, and it would just Unpopular it would completely collar. change the dy- be, dynamic. Yeah, yeah, that's well, that's what we're thinking. Uh, you're welcome to send stuff in at your own discretion. With clothes around, no, no clothes. You've been warned. <laughs> Oh my god, episode 46. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Like, it's been literally 20 seconds, and I'm already, like, looking for a way out of this room.
I want one sound effect from you. What's the one sound effect that you can do? Just one. It could be whatever you want. I don't know. That doesn't count as a sound effect. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't make a sound noise. Effects. What's a noise you make? I don't. I don't really make noises. You make noises. You're not a ninja. You make noises. <laughs> have you Have you heard me make a noise? Yeah, when you roll, sometimes you have like a you have like a giggle. You know that you're having fun when you will do like a hee hee. I do giggle when I roll. Doesn't sound quite that bad. But it yeah. does. It sounds like that. It doesn't sound like that. You're, okay, you're not going to do that. Well, that all that to lead up to this is episode 46, a very anticlimactic lead up because 46. There's not nothing special about 46. We're almost to 50 though. Almost to 50. We're getting there. I thought we were closer for some reason. No, I'm sorry. Is it because you talked about it last time? Yeah, I'm talking about it every episode. Okay, that's what it is. So when we get there, it'll be like, yeah, God, finally. Yeah. This episode is on hooks. 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 Oh, God. Stop. <laughs> you know? All right. So this this is, we can do, you could beat underhooks. You could have hooks with your arms, with your legs, your feet, your why, mouth. Why are you moving like that when you say those things? <laughs> oh, like to side to side? Yeah. It just makes me uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I have some head movement because I'm excited about our le- our oh, episode on right. hooks. Okay. Uh <laughs> And you, you're good at hooks, right? I'm very good at hooks. Yeah, you, you've done them a lot. You have some experience. If they gave out degrees or like levels of hooks, you'd be like a captain, like a captain, captain of hooks. Just a captain? Like a captain hook. You'd be captain hook. Oh, I see what you did there. You like that? No. You know what? I, being like a young, childlike, nimble person, I'd be Peter Pan. There is all sorts of dirty wrongness with this whole thing. Uh, uh, okay, only if you put it on this. No, <laughs> we're here. Those are our new nicknames. Hey, you're listening to Just Jiu-Jitsu. You know what? I just realized, hold on. I was going to say Just Jiu-Jitsu with Captain Hook and Peter Pan. Jumping back, we haven't done an intro where right. we said our, our names yeah. for a while, and I blame that on you. No, you've been doing so good. I was kind of seeing if you're going to fail on your own. No, you, you can't say that. You <laughs> You have been reminding me in the past and then you stopped and yeah i, I was failed. i was i was befuddled 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 yeah yes by your head movement when you're talking about hooks <laughs> okay well let's get back on track get back to our professional roots this is the just jujitsu podcast i am andrew desimony here with croyler for the symmetry i said oh. my first and last name okay gracie thank you okay <laughs> And uh, we're, we're here for our episode on hooks. Captain Hook and Peter Pan. We're going to do this right now. What is your favorite type of hook? What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> what kind of question is that? <laughs> okay, so if we're getting serious, hooks are very important tools. Yes. They It's a huge part of our system. They Yes, our system. The one that you and I have created over all these years. I was trying to be nice and be inclusive. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and now you shit on it. Yeah, well, they, uh, so we'll be exclusive. Oh, okay, so your system. Yeah. They are huge in like creating points of contact and control, attachment. manipulation, attachment. In the grappling arts, I mean, control is basically what it's all about, points of contact. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see it as important in all the grappling arts from jujitsu to wrestling to judo to samba, all these different. Absolutely. They're all utilizing hooks, not necessarily the same way. Right. And sometimes not the same hooks and, and how you can even have the same kind of, you know, hooks being used in different arts, but they may not have the same function in different arts. They may have different purposes depending which, which style you're talking about. 
and we should probably clarify for people when we're talking hooks what we mean. We if you're if you're brand new to jujitsu or grappling and you're thinking, do I have to go buy equipment? Is this <laughs> is this something I have to find on eBay like jujitsu hooks? Yeah, please don't Google that. No, yeah, uh, you, we're actually going to start selling them. Uh, <laughs> okay, the Just Jujitsu podcast, Jujitsu hooks. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing, but I guess we're doing it. If you're talking to someone and just describing hooks and like a vague explanation of a hook, like what are we referring to? Um, describing a hook to somebody who's never trained. Or who's new to training. So the way you describe a hook to somebody who's got very little to no prior knowledge, it doesn't sound nearly as impressive, nor does it sound effective. Hooking means creating a point of attachment using one of your limbs, whether it's your feet or your arms, your hand, um, and using that point of contact to manipulate angles to your benefit. Is this something you do offensively or defensively? Both, if you're good. Now, is it something you're utilizing on your feet or on the ground? Both, if Both. you're good. So what you're saying is hooks are used everywhere. Yes. Whoa. Do you have to be a big, strong person to use hooks? Because you now I feel like you're catering to people that have absolutely zero knowledge. No, you don't. Hooks are irrelevant to size. How do you, let's start real basic. How do you spell hooks? I'm going to finish this class and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn around and leave. <laughs> so I don't know quite why in English it's called hooks. I mean, that's a literal translation to what we call it in Portuguese. But I know that in Portuguese it was called that because it was like, like when a fish gets caught in a hook, they're stuck. right? They can thrash all they want, they can move all they want, but ultimately you control angle, strength, mobility through a single point of attachment if that's the reason why it got translated to English or if Americans are already using that to describe similar things, then that's just a pure coincidence. Mm. And in, if if we're sticking with my definition of hooks or what comes to my mind, and if I had to guess, everyone uses their hooks differently. For me, my feet, I like to hook with, and when I say hook, I am using my 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 toes curling up are the, the like, the part that is catching someone mm -hmm. and keeping them close and controlled sure. near that, me. That's a form of you. That's a, that's an utilization of hooks. Yeah. You can use your shoelaces to hook people. You can use your heels to hook people. You can use wrists, hands, you know, use your elbows. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of different uses for it. And in my application, it's going to usually actually, I was going to say be defensive, but it is so versatile. It is offensive and defensive where mm -hmm. let's say we look at, what we're doing in class right now. Mm -hmm. We are starting in... Um, half butterfly. In half butterfly. And we're using hooks. And the last class we had was funny because it was like a who's on first type of... Right. Type of class where you're... We're trying to... You're trying to create like a language that we... Like right. we have to start with this language because right. we're going to be doing this for a while and I need to be able to have a shorthand right. to explain this to you. And you had your... All right, hooks. I went outside, outside, inside, outside, inside, inside. Right. And it took probably thirty minutes for grown adults to to get it to let that work through yeah, their head. It was, and it was only three hooks. It was. Yeah, we haven't even talked about upper body hooks in half butterfly yet. You're a smart man to, to not over <laughs> overwhelm us with that. But but we started with that, and we we're working through using those hooks for it, what we're doing in class. In would you? consider that defensive or offensive both defensive at first mm -hmm. right like in the example we're talking about in, in in half butterfly we talked about 
using an outside hook, outside outside leg outside hook to prevent hip mobility, and then an inside hook, inside leg inside hook to create distance. And then in turn, as soon as distance was managed and hip mobility was managed, we then attached a couple other grips and then we turned and used, we recycled those hooks. And instead of using it as a barrier or as a means of controlling, we turned around and use it offensively as well to create sweeps and openings. So, so hooks come down to having a few properties and those properties, generally speaking, can be used both offensive and defensively. The, the big confusion is being aware enough or having the proper education to learn to use those every hook, both offensive and defensively, right? Um, if we look at something as simple as, uh, and I think the simplest form of hook that people can understand is like an underhook like a, an upper body underhook meaning your arm goes underneath somebody's armpit towards their back right and an underhook people generally picture it in their head as being an offensive thing they're getting out of the bottom they're coming up they're getting on top or at least trying to create a scramble that benefits them mm. but the reality is uh, an underhook from the bottom even if you were not to get up it still is very powerful defensively as well because now they cannot flatten you now they can't afford to put all their weight on you because if they do, you'll slide to their back. You know, it, it can cause them to behave differently, to create space that they don't need, to move, make them move differently. You know, trying to counter, you know, counter your underhook with a wizard or trying to rehook the underhook. So basically, it can be used defensively as well as offensively. I think of a hook. I can always pull and bring them towards me. Can you use it to push? Yeah, and there and there are hooks where. It, it, they're far more effective in pushing than pulling. What kind of hooks would those be? So we do um, what I call like outside hooks. So um, if you think back to, I'm trying to think of when we did it in class. If you if you think about like in some of our back attacks from side or um, even our back system when we did our, our back attacks series from, from beginning of the year, we talked about attacking the lower body and using an outside hook to stop mobility so they could kick their leg but the hook doesn't come off mm -hmm. and they're stuck that's an outside hook and that is far more effective at pushing or when we did our um, butterfly series and our half guard series earlier in the year as well we talked about threatening the back so threading the legs through so we have like the shoelace to shoelace shoelace to shin and we talked about extending right the shoelace to shin there is an ex is a outside hook and we extend the opponent can't move uh, and, and, and little things like that so hooks can be used to pull, push. They also, as I think about it, can lift. Can lift, and that's where it comes into like the butterfly. Yeah, they can contain as Absolutely. well. And you were talking about getting the back. You can hook if you're on someone's back. If if you're like in the sitting down position, you can get your hooks in, or you could go with a triangle, a body triangle. Is one better than the other? No. Is there? What's the benefit? to having your hooks in a position like that as opposed to going for like a body triangle? It depends on approach. Mm -hmm. You know, the benefits, I mean, if we just look at it in black and white, with a body triangle, the pluses are extreme levels of control. It's uncomfortable. It restricts breathing. Um, essentially sets the opponent in place so that you can focus on your upper body attacks. Downsides to a body triangle are, generally speaking, loss of mobility. Um, it opens you up to leg attacks. Um, if the opponent manages to defend successfully from the back, 
there's not a lot of follow-ups to that unless you are willing to undo your body triangle, which then defeats the purpose of the body triangle. Um, and then we look at the benefits of using hooks from the back, whether it's an inside hook or an outside hook, like we're talking about. Inside hook meaning my calf is over your thigh, an outside hook meaning my shin is underneath your hamstring. Um, the benefit there is great mobility, right? You're free to move as you please, which means that upper upper body attacks are not the only thing you're limited to. You can also do lower body attacks. You can attack the legs. You can attack the, the arms, the neck. You can transition to mount. You can recover the back should they escape um, with proper creative use of hooks. You can create those openings and do it again. Um, so mobility and, and being dynamic is a huge plus of using hooks from the back. The downsides of using hooks to the back is it takes maintenance. You have to be constantly working on making sure that your hooks are in the right place and they're doing the right things or your opponent escapes. What kind of stuff do you have to look for when you are on the back and you have, let's say, the inside hooks on? So over, you, the, over the thigh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as placement, you you want them like right behind the person's knees? Well, and why it, does it, that matter? It, it depends. It depends on, on what you're trying to achieve, right? If we're looking to um, stop somebody from throwing their upper body on you, mm-hmm. then you use your hooks. You pull your hooks through their groin to your groin. And you essentially you hip into their back, that stops them from being able to take their chest above your head. Um, it stops them cold there. Mm-hmm. But that kind of movement doesn't stop them from sliding down towards your feet, right? So if they slide their feet, their hips towards your feet, and they're looking to escape that way, then you have to change how your hook is approached. You then you want to block closer to the inner groin or the the uh, the knees and kind of control the movement that way. If you're looking at a rotation, if the opponent wants to turn, you're better off stepping on the hip and bringing the leg and hooking their hip versus their leg. It's still an inside hook, but now we're hooking the hip versus the the thighs. Mm. You know, so it it all depends on the purposes. the 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 greatest benefit of of the hooks is the the ability to be dynamic and mobile. But it's like anything else. If a tool serves many purposes and you don't know what those purposes are, then you have a useless tool. Mm. You know, so the you, you get simplicity with a body triangle, an effective simplicity with a body triangle. But you can be far more effective and far more dynamic with hooks as long as you understand when and how to do things. Could you, could you, consider almost any position in jiu-jitsu as a hook because in jiu-jitsu you, you have to control someone and so if you're in let's say something like when you're in someone's guard they're technically what would you consider their legs being wrapped around you when you have someone in your guard would that be a hook of some kind like double hooks with your legs keeping them well no because generally speaking a hook is is a single limb okay and the moment that you combine limbs, it's no longer a hook, right? So if you talk like if you talk about a hug, like if you if I hug you under both arms, that's a body lock, right? If I only have one underhook, then I I got an underhook. If I have if I have double underhooks on you, but they're not locked, I still refer to them as double underhooks. The moment that I gable grip and it's not a body lock, mm-hmm. properties change, right? The moment that you link a limb to what it, a limb that is being hooked, then it is no longer the properties will shift so much that it's not the same thing well if you if you hug me period that's that's just kind of already weird like i'm like what's going on are you dying <laughs> why are you <laughs> hugging me is something wrong 
Yeah, no, I, things don't affect me like that. No, so so think about it this way. Um, so if you're in somebody's back, okay, so you got their back, you have your hook, your inside hook, for the sake of the example. So your your calves are over their thighs and your feet are by their groin and you're doing, you're going about your day, you got your seatbelt and you're looking for attacks, you're trying to do the controller system and so on. Thank you. Yeah, and I gotta give you credit. Thanks. Um, if you cross your feet, forget the, the ankle locks that can be done to you. If you just cross your feet, will you have the same level of control as you would with the hooks? No, because my control is going from hooking their le- controlling kind of their legs and their hips to now just really kind of putting a seatbelt around their waist. Right. Properties have changed, mm-hmm. right? Your knees will be further apart. You'll have more space. It usually leads to the opponent being able to rotate. You can't call that a hook anymore. Okay. Because now you just have your feet crossed. Right. You know, if I underhook you from side mount, that gives me certain properties. If I body lock you, that gives me different properties and they're not the same thing. Hmm. Okay. All right. Now, when you're on your feet and you're going for hooks, Mm -hmm. I feel like feet... Stuff while you're standing and fighting for hooks is more of a like a strongman game. Is that something that that the little people can can it's, utilize? Oh, absolutely, it's not necessarily true. I think one of the one of the best examples of how hooks can be used on their on your feet. Um, just look up uh, Gary Tonin versus Canudo, ADCC 2019. Um, both those guys are incredibly explosive very very good at jiu-jitsu they're incredibly entertaining on their own um but but the the match was i think out of 15 minutes or 20 minutes however long they went i think like two-thirds of it was no even more than two-thirds maybe four four-fifths of it was on their feet and anytime one of them got even the slightest inkling of an underhook or an overhook that could be used they exploded into it and it became a game of inches the kickers both of those guys they probably fight around 155 160 so they're not big guys um but they still wouldn't engage until they had a clear opening or or uh the ability to enter into a hook of some sort Hmm. super entertaining fight probably my favorite fight of adcc 2019. And say his opponent's name again? Hinato Kanuto. Okay. Who had a win on Gary prior to this. And then Gary evened things out in this in this match. Okay. All Essentially, Kanuto right. is the Brazilian version of Gary. Is he, is he like, like lighthearted and like a fun guy? Too? No, he's, like very, he's very serious. He's not as fun and lighthearted as Gary is, and he's not as colorful as 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 gary is but um but definitely same kind of game super explosive slick fun to watch you know Mm -hmm. Uh, we're talking hooks controlling manipulating so i'm thinking a lot of positions that are like like we talked about when someone's in your guard what about open guard a a very open place how are you utilizing hooks hooks are everything Mm-hmm. Um, if you talk about open guard, that's that's what open guard is: is a chain of hooks that can be used to set up certain attacks. And, and that's the only thing really attaching you to in your grips. I don't consider a like a hand grip a hook. It is. It's a hook with my top fingers and a hook with my thumb. Get out! <laughs> it's your house, but get out. <laughs> um, 
No. Uh, so, so in an open guard, hooks will serve a lot of purposes from distance management to anchoring. Anchoring is an amazing concept. Um, so generally speaking, you use a hook to manipulate, control, and dominate a, a certain body part or a certain limb of your opponents. But you can also use it as an anchor so as a means to attach yourself to a body part of your opponent so that you can move free of you know worry of where you're going to end up being or where they're going because you're attached to them okay so you're not dictating where they go you're only you're 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 you're, you're dictating where you go because of your attachment to them okay so you can use a hook to dictate how they move so let's say an example um let's say in butterfly you use a butterfly hook for just a regular butterfly sweep. You're dictating their movement, right? But then you get to let's say like a like a reverse de la Hiva, where you can go. You will hook with your with your arm around their shin and your leg through their hamstring. Now you're anchored to that leg, and as they move, you can spin freely of concern because you you have a point of attachment you're anchored to them and then they can move all they want but you still know where you're going regardless of how crazy they try to be i like those kind of hooks a lot because you you can completely ignore their movement you can ignore the <laughs> movement you can not spend any energy right and you just essentially it's like a it's like you're on a skateboard and a truck goes by and you go Oh, I'm just gonna grab this, and it's gonna. I'm gonna follow this. You're like Michael J. Fox in yeah. uh, Back to the Future, <laughs> right. and it just takes you to where you need to go. Yeah, and they can't do anything about it, you know. So that's a different um, use of a hooking, right? Where mm-hmm. in Butterfly, it was used to create lift, create uh, to to manipulate the opponent's hips. Now it's been used as an anchor, as a form to attach yourself to an opponent, so you know where you're going, regardless of how they're moving. You know, you can use hooks to create distance. You can use hooks to, I mean, just about anything. Push, pull. It's 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 probably one of the most important concepts to learn, and it takes years to master practical use of it. What is a signature use of hooks that jujitsu has, or what has how has jujitsu used hooks in a different way than other martial arts? The ability to hook from the bottom. So you look at wrestling. Um, they they work under hooks. They work over hooks. They they do those things for throws, to pin, to hold somebody down in judo. Same thing to pin somebody down and to hold them, um, to manipulate throws and things like that. Um, but because jujitsu was the first, it's probably still true to say the only martial art to willingly say, "We'll fight off our backs," and and with that it came a a. a gigantic number of things that had been ignored or scoffed at by other martial arts how do you fight off your back most martial arts said that's a shitty plan you're gonna get your ass beaten except two brazilian guys decided that that's not true and they came up with this whole system um could you tell us about those guys sometime right sometime yeah so my point is um while wrestlers may have used underhook from the bottom to get out right um, or used underhooks to pin somebody down or judo guys may be using overhooks to throw or inside like hooks to trip and things like that i think in jiu-jitsu in brazilian jiu-jitsu specifically um, hooks were used for the first time and uniquely so from the bottom 
you look at things like Spider Guard, Half Guard, Butterfly, De La Hiva, Reverse De La Hiva, any, any sort of guard, those hooks are generally speaking very unique to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Okay. Not to count other spots too, you know, different sorts of back takes, different sorts of, you know, pinning from side, you know, because other martial arts didn't have to deal with it. You know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is not only has unique properties being we fight from our back. It's also one of the few martial arts that's the few grappling martial arts that is very, very like leg centric where we're constantly using our legs. Some people listening will say, well, wrestlers use their legs too. a few of them. Generally speaking, most wrestlers are upper body grapplers. Um, Every once in a while, you'll see a guy who does grapevines, which is essentially hooking. Mm. You know, they'll grapevine the legs or they'll do funky things and they'll get known to being that funky, weird guy. But but traditional wrestling is, is mostly upper body, you know, hooks because that's what matters to them. It doesn't matter if their hips are off the ground. The goal is to pin their shoulders. So it makes sense to focus on upper body hooks to control the opponent. Sure. Same thing in judo. Once you get it to the ground, you got to pin their shoulders to the mat. In Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, pinning doesn't mean much, so it opens up the opportunity to to grow different kinds of hooks. For a new person starting out, you you can't really say, "Hey, for hooks, to get better at them, do this and this," because it's such a big uh, concept. Do you just say, start noticing like points of contact and how you're controlling and keeping? Uh, I mean, what I do is, you know, part of our web curriculum, like, you know, there's a couple positions where hooks are involved and I'll say, hey, you're going to underhook here, you're going to overhook here, you do this and you do that. And you, you become aware of them in those very specific positions. And what I try to do is over your white belt career or the beginning of your blue belt is I start saying, hey, get the underhook. Oh, but I wasn't shown from here. Just get the underhook. You know what an underhook is? Just get it. And then it becomes, okay, you got the underhook, now use it. Well, I don't know how to use it. Yes, you do. You've learned it from this position. So I I give a very fundamental starting material. And as I show opportunity to apply that starting material, then they can apply it on their own and then grow from there. And I think one of the things that we do really, really well at our school is, generally speaking, by the time you, you reach your second strap in your blue belt, you are very adept at hooking. Most of our guys are very, very good at hooking, both upper body and lower body, uh, more so than than some of the some some well more so than the average schools out there. We've been talking to this. I've been thinking about different positions you're in and how you can use hooks. Is there a way to use hooks when someone has you mounted? That's the only spot I cat to and thought. Oh, Absolutely. What 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 way would you use hooks when someone's we, like we 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 do this in the wind belt. So when we talk about shrimping out a mount, right? Mm-hmm. We say, you know, you're going to take one arm, block the hip, the free arm blocks oh, the knee, we extend a... the leg, yeah. right? We do a little bump, a little turn, get on our side, and we take a we take an inside leg and we pose an outside hook. So we go over the leg, take our heel underneath their shin, and you, we pick their foot up. All right, so here's what we're going to do now. I'm going to... I'm gonna get... You're going to try. <laughs> What's that? You're going to try to find a position where I can't find hooks from? <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put us in positions, and you tell me where you're using the hook. Oh, my God. I mean, it depends on the situation. Well, that's why I'm going to put us in a situation oh, okay so you can be very specific i'm gonna be very specific okay, right. okay so we are rolling uh-huh. you're wearing a uh a gi- be, okay i'm wearing a gi let's just leave it at yeah that. yeah well, you said specific i'm gonna be specific okay, okay all right you have a black jacket 
You have white pants. Okay. Okay, so you're a little mismatched. I do Un- it all the time. It's fine. Yeah. Underneath, you have a... Uh, I don't need to know what I'm wearing underneath. It's fine. Corley, you said specific. Oh, my God. Please be consistent. <laughs> you have a orange Under Armour uh, oh. short sleeve rash guard on. I don't ever wear rash guards, but okay. And I am wearing a tuxedo. So... Okay. I'm in side control. Okay. And I have... One, my, my hand to your head is scooped under your head and kind of just grabbing the back of your far shoulder. So you have a cross face. I'm getting a cross face set up, yeah. Okay. My other hand is just over your body and my elbow is just kind of like, uh, or, or my my forearm is just rest rested across your side. Okay. And then my both my legs are just... Uh, so you do have an underhook with your free side or no? No, my free side is just it's sitting just there. It's right? just sitting there. It's I'm just sitting it. there. And okay. then both of my legs... Um, are attached to my body, just good, being very specific stuff. And my my knees are just kind of up against your other side, your inside side. Okay. So the near side. The near side. Inside okay. side is what I like to say. Sure. <laughs> and and do I need to tell you anything more as far as like what I'm wearing, where we are? No, I think, I'm, I think I'm good. Okay, so we got enough detail there. Yeah. How are you using hooks? We're gonna pummel for a far side underhook. Okay, so the far side arm. Meaning the, the arm furthest away from your legs. All right. And you're pummeling for that. Once I get the underhook, then the dilemma is the ball's put in your court because with that underhook, I can get up and escape, and I can prevent you from going forward with your movement. And when you're when you're pummeling, that's that outside arm is it's going under my under your chest, well under your chest through your armpit towards your far side shoulder if I can. Preferably. Okay. All right. So there's one. Well, I'll give you one more scenario. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be specific because I know you're a man of detail. I am. I'm on your back. Okay. We're both we're both kind of seated mm-hmm. and I have both hooks in. Okay. Sorry. I forgot to say you're, you're wearing the same gi. Okay. Fair. But I switched. You know, long word. Because I tapped you okay. earlier. Okay. And then I ran out and I did a wardrobe change. And now I'm wearing a polo shirt. I popped the collar. It's, it, I, I just, I was doing a throwback to like the early 2000s. And I'm wearing. I mean, that's what you're wearing right now. <laughs> and, I, and I'm wearing very, very baggy cargo shorts. Okay. Okay. So right. I, I have my hooks in, uh, inside hooks. And I've got like my arms seat belted around your upper body. Okay. I don't know if you're going to be able to use hooks here. I think you're in trouble, my friend. Okay. What do you do? What, what, what do I do? Yeah. Okay, so I will... And bonus, if you can unpop my collar in this, you get I don't, you know, get that, I don't know that I want to. It would be better to escape and submit you with your collar unpopped. Good good answer. That's the right <laughs> answer. Um, well, the other thing I would do is, you know, so like frames are... So frames are a very static form of hooking. The other concept that we we haven't talked about frames too much, but but there's one more that I'm going to mention is biting, right? The idea, the the biting concept, meaning your strongest when your limbs pull it pull themselves to your to your core. So I will bite your arm with my arm, meaning I will pinch my elbow to my body, make sure they're elbows trapped. At this point, my shoulders go to the mat. No hooks yet. However, the as soon as my hip escapes your legs, because you can't follow me because your arm is, is bitten. So once my hips escape your legs, then I have several options from underhooking your leg to get up on top 
to underhooking your leg and tossing over my head to to get a guard pass on the far side. Um, at that stage, I will underhook your leg with my far side arm, letting go of the bite, but also limiting your mobility because your hips will be dead due to the underhook on the leg. Okay. My collar still popped, though. I don't really care about your collar being popped. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, you want to wear that. You see how far you get in life with that. <laughs> okay, so those are two scenarios you worked your way through <laughs> with a little bit of attitude. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> and so that's, let, you know what, let, we're going to end it right there with that. Oh, okay. We're going to transition to uh, doing a listener email first. Okay. All right, our email today comes from James. James says he found our podcast on information overload to be his favorite one so far. He says, I often hear Professor Croiler. Ooh, another guy sucking up right off the bat. <laughs> Professor Croiler talking about taking notes on how he'll spend all his spare time watching videos, dissecting them, going over his old notes, etc. He says, I would love to be able to take notes, but have no idea what would qualify as a good note taking with respect to jujitsu. Would it be possible for Professor Croiler to make to maybe <laughs> post for you to say that <laughs> <laughs> to maybe post an example on either uh, your Facebook page or website? Also, when is the best time to take notes? Obviously, when we're going to take notes while rolling. Uh, Obviously, we're not going to take notes while rolling, but it is, well, I think you've probably done that before when you're rolling with us, just just to really insult us. You're, you're like, oh, no, let's keep going. And then you're like, note and pen with like. I had to stop that because like when I was younger, when I was like 16, 17, I used to like, like write notes on my phone as I'm grappling with people. <laughs> and then I was informed that that was only cute until I was like 16. And then I was just a dick. So. Yeah. And then no one else. Yeah. You wonder why you didn't have a whole lot of friends until. I know. I know. Until, well, <laughs> do you have friends now? <laughs> <laughs> not, not really, no. <laughs> uh, he says, yeah, we're not going to take notes when rolling. Is it something that should be done right after class, after a roll, later that night? He doesn't want to be that guy that who gets armbarred and then hobbles over a chair to write down his thoughts <laughs> about it. But uh, he could see himself writing in a notebook after class while still in his gym. gym. As far as posting an example, I can look to post like a template but not have anything filled out because I don't really share any of that stuff. Mm. All, all my notes are usually mine. Um, but I, I can I can see about... What about notes on like the most mundane thing? Do you have notes that would be... I have, I have notes on gripping. Well, yeah, notes that are like, <laughs> duh, notes. It's just the format of those notes that would help someone. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can try to put something together. Um, and we'll see how how much we share because they tend to be pretty long. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as what is what is a good format for notes, so uh, originally when I started doing this, uh, it wasn't so much that I wanted to remember the techniques. I uh, I've been blessed. I don't know if it's because I was born this way or if it's because I was born doing jujitsu or I grew up with it. I never stopped. I don't know. But I've been blessed with, um, if, if I see a technique, like it's it's stuck. I just need to see it once or twice and it sticks to me. I've always been that way since I was little. So when I started writing notes down, it wasn't so much for me. Uh, the My goal was to document everything that I know, almost like in a, an encyclopedia sort of way. And then, you know, if something ever happened to me, somebody could pick that up and go, you know, that that was the goal. It wasn't for me. It became a lot for me. I enjoyed taking notes and reviewing notes and, and getting and getting answers from myself that, you know, I, I've forgotten over time. Um, 
but um so when i first started writing notes the the difficulty wasn't describing a technique the difficulty was how to describe it to somebody else right if your notes are written only to you so that it makes sense only to you those are not good notes because they make sense to you now if you write notes for Joe Schmuck down the road who's never trained jiu-jitsu and you're describing it to them when you forget the technique and you revisit you will be the Joe Schmuck down the road and then the technique will make sense to you so Mm -hmm. you should always think of writing notes in the way that is concise and simple and that'll make sense with little to no knowledge of what's happening so in my notes I describe what is the purpose of the technique like what are we trying to accomplish where we are and I break down the 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 my position and my opponent's position and our orientation to each other um, very thoroughly and then I go into okay this is my goal and then I that's basically my 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 thesis my premise here you know in this position I was trying to get to you know whatever get out from the bottom side so then my goal then for this particular way to escape side mount may be an underhook so that is my goal and then i go through the steps of how i would achieve an underhook from this very specific position and i go through all the details and then all the steps and i break down grips and body movement and elbow placement and hand placement i go to the nth detail and sometimes it's a little bit too much but i can't help myself and then once i'm done going through the steps then i go through okay follow-ups if I'm successful with my technique, where does that land me? Oh, lends you inside mount or lends you in their back or turtle. Great. How do I follow up? What is the best set of techniques in each of those positions to follow up with what I have? Because escaping side mount with an underhook will lend you with a different position than escaping side mount with your knee or your shin and so on. And we do the follow-ups for that. And then once I go through all of those, then I go through um, counterattacks. What is the opponent going to do? And I go through every step and I, and in every step I list what they could do to be, to create a complication, to make my life difficult. And then I have a solution for all those steps. And then I go down to failures where am I most likely to fail? Meaning what is the weakest spot in every technique? And then I have a solution for that failure too. And then we go into most common mistakes, most common questions that are, that are asked, um, you know, if I'm teaching that class. Okay, that's a very thorough answer and we eagerly await <laughs> to see your, your notes. Now, as far as like when it's the right time to take notes, ideally it would be right after you learn a technique. That is not feasible for most people. So maybe after class, preferably after class or before bed. That's always a good time too. There you go, James, Jim, Jimmy, Jamie. Probably Jamie. Probably Jamie. Yeah, that's probably it. J-Man. And there's your answer. And that is going to be it for this episode. Now, one thing I forgot to say was this is our Christmas episode. Yeah. This will be coming out right before Christmas. Yeah, well, I've been talking about for the last couple weeks, but this everyone is the Christmas episode. Yeah. So have a great Christmas, a great holiday season, a great time off work if you're getting some time off work. And let's just, I say, end the episode just singing a a carol 
like we'll just fade out on you and I just singing a like, song. I'm, to gonna, the, I'm just gonna fade out. We that? wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. Go ahead. We wish you a merry Christmas and a happy new year. You come in right here. Oh, you like the next course? All right. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for christmas and a happy new year go ahead go on i didn't know there was a second part to this now bring us some figgy pudding now bring us some figgy pudding now bring us some figgy pudding and bring us some cheer i think there's a third part to that song there is that's two parts longer than i thought there were <laughs> and jujitsu podcast wishes you a, you're not giving me anything on this one no you don't want to sing at all what about just a good merry christmas everyone and then like a ho 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 type of thing happy holidays everybody ho 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 thank you for doing that thank you for make, doing the ho ho at the end there that i appreciate me. it <laughs> you can't even can't even <laughs> let me fake it for you all right have a good have a good whatever you're doing the next week everyone and a good we'll we'll see you uh bef- once before the end of the year Goodbye.